0: Matthew chapter six it says, "When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues or in the church where everyone can see them. That's like a good start, huh? Hypocrites, right? That's like a good start to a message, you know? Like, okay, uh, I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. That's all the reward they will ever get. But when you stand praying," But when you stand praying, go away by yourself. See, I remember I asked the Bible. That's so how good I am. Shut the door behind you. Isn't that good? But when you, but, there you go. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And all the introverts said, amen, right? Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Will reward you. And so the title of my message today is Private Prayers. Private Prayers. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Father, my, uh, man, my prayer today is that not only will we receive information, but Father, I pray give us inspiration and transformation in our lives, in our prayer life. But Father, I pray you begin to do such a work inside of us. So Father, I pray, will you please let the Chicago Bears win and maybe the Raiders. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, you know, my wife, Pastor Lindsay, she's not here today. And if you know my wife, if you're brand new with us, can we just clap and welcome you. Thanks for, thanks for checking us out. And uh, I'm, I am, in fact, Mary and Pastor Lindsay is actually on a plane right now. And she's watching via online. Babe, I love you. All right. And she's online on the plane right now coming back from Fairbanks, Alaska. In Fairbanks, Alaska, she spoke at a women's conference up in Fairbanks, and uh, it was what's really, uh, I, got, I got to hear a report. So on Friday night, she spoke, and over 20 ladies came to the altar for grief, uh, for prayer on Friday night. And then Saturday was the last session. And over 30 uh, women from Fairbanks, Alaska, gave their life to Jesus Christ in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, uh, man, I'm just so proud of her, and she'll, she's flying back, and I was just thinking uh, about, you know, as she's flying back, and I know she's watching online, but there's just some things that, that are really essential to her return, you know, so when, when she returns, I, I try to make sure, you know, the house doesn't look like a single dad, and his son destroyed it, you know, uh, uh, maybe groceries, I don't know, in the, in the fridge, and, and, and I was just really beginning to think about some essentials. Uh, it really is essential in a marriage, and I know I'm talking about prayer today, but uh, in a marriage, it really is essential to know one another's preferences, right? Like, like, like she prefers some things, I prefer some things, I think it's preferences or, or you know, I learned real quick. Um, And I I just want to have a conversation today because I don't want to just give you information and then we go, thank you for the 75 steps, and then we walk out of here and don't do any of the 75. My my, my encouragement for you today is for us to catch this. And so uh, I learned long ago uh, when we first got married, uh, the trash would just pile up in the kitchen. And it would just get more and more, and I was kind of like, oh, let let me just shut things down a little bit more. And finally one day, Pastor Lindsay goes, um... It really is. I really prefer it. If you took the trash out, I said, oh, okay. Oh, I wrote that down quickly, you know. And so that's what I do. There's just some preferences, some, some things that she likes, some things that I like. And hear me out. It, it really is mutual. There, there are some essentials to a marriage, like respect or trust. Uh, there's some essentials to marriage, like uh, knowing what she likes, knowing what I like. Uh, but, but also, too, what, what we really do, What's really essential in marriage is, and I know it's Sunday morning, but, you know, intimacy is just a little bit essential in a marriage relationship. Uh, or, or even uh, conversations that we have. That I want everyone to know that publicly, I'm married, but privately, I have a relationship Publicly, I'm married. I got a ring on, you know I'm married. You know, I, I, you know, we are Mr. and Mrs. Bosma. So so publicly, we're married, but privately, we have a relationship with one another. I know her, and she knows me. Some of you in this room, you know me, but you don't know me. Some of you in this room, you know Pastor Lindsey, but you don't know Pastor Lindsey. And what really happens in private, can really translate into public. How many I'm talking about? If it's not going well privately, it ain't gonna go well publicly. How you guys doing? Ah, okay. We gotta work on some private stuff, you know? In your small group, you know, like. And so sometimes we, we realize that yes, my my marriage is public, my relationship is private. It is what we do in in the privacy of our relationship really begins to determine what happens publicly in our relationship. And I want you to know one of the main essential things in a great marriage, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, is communication. It's communication. We have an 11-year-old son, and it's funny because sometimes Lindsay and I will have intense communication. How many I'm talking about. Like intense communication, like, like a great argument, like, like no, you, and she goes, no, you, you know, and we'll have, and Levi's like, are you guys okay? And we're like, son, we're just having a conversation. Some intense communication, but can I tell you, even if it's intense, or even if it's just lovey-dovey, communication is still essential. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with, with prayer? What Well, prayer and really, I'm gonna kind of give you the spark notes of what prayer is. Prayer is simply communication with God. Prayer is communicating with God. And so, if communication is essential, then really prayer is essential to a relationship with Jesus. That yes, we pray privately, but publicly, I'm a Jesus follower. I follow Jesus, I love Jesus publicly, I am a Christian. But privacy, in the, in the private, is really where it matters. And so here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in public. On street corners, in the synagogues, where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that you will get. That's the, old, that's the only reward they will ever Get. Now, I want you to know in context, if you are here last week, we, we, we learned how to read scripture, and we learned SOAP, scripture, observe, application, and prayer. I hope you did SOAP this week. We had a lot of people on the uh, Bible version plan uh, on the app as well, and so make sure you're reading your word. And one of the reasons why we started Essentials is because we've had a lot of conversations in the past six years, been in ministry for 21 years, and we say, man, I'm going to pray for you. Man, this is going on in your life. Man, what you reading in God's word today? I know you have a Bible. I don't know, what, I know how to read it. I don't know what to do with it. Well, I think the same thing goes for prayer because here's what Jesus was saying in the original context. When Jesus said, don't be like them, but go in private and pray to your Father. What Jesus was saying was, during this time, Jewish leaders followed what was expected almsgiving, which is giving, uh, uh, prayer, fasting were central elements in the Jewish religion. So this is something everyone knew what to do. Everyone knew about this. And all are assumed to be valid for Jesus' disciples. And so what that really means is, well, you're supposed to give. That's what you're supposed to do. You're you're supposed to to pray. You're you're supposed to fast and abstain from food, and, and you're supposed to celebrate all the different customs that they had in their day. And so how did that translate from Jesus's time to our time? And I feel this deep in my spirit, that a lot of times as we go to church, we get involved in church, and we go to small groups, a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do, but no one taught us how. And it's really easy to go to church in public, and like your life is just falling apart. And you go, hey, man, how you doing? And you say the Christian language, we call it Christianese. You say, oh, blessed. If that's you, you probably have issues, you know. Or or if you say, man, how's how's it going? Uh, I used to say this, drew people off all the time. Uh, Man, I would say, I'm blessed and highly stressed. Come on, somebody. But I love here at Avenue Church, just before service, a gentleman walked in. I admire so much. And I said, hey, how are you? So good to see you. And he says, I'm not doing that good. I have surgery coming up. I'm in pain right now. And I pray for him right then and there. I love that because that's the way it should be in God's house. It shouldn't be, I know what to do and I know what to say. You can clap. Come on. I know what to do and I know what to say. But I really don't know how to do it because no one taught me. No one taught me. And so here's Jesus said. He said, When you pray, don't be like them in the synagogues and in in, in in the street corners. And I want to get to this in a minute. This does not mean we don't pray publicly. But this is talking about the, the motive of our heart. And here's what I found fascinating. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this is the only reward they will ever get. Then he says, But when you pray, I love Jesus. He's, he confronts. How dare a preacher confront, huh? And then he tells them what to do. So this is what he says, but when you pray, Go by yourself in private. Then the Father who sees everything, including our heart, right, who sees everything, will reward you. So if you want to pray publicly and go like, I'm praying, that's your reward. People look at you and go, wow, that's a man or woman of God. Like, that's legit. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that as long as your heart is pure and your motive is pure. But Jesus said, but I see your heart in private. I see what you're doing. And I love that he used reward twice. Reward when you're behind closed doors, reward. Yeah. So I want to ask you today, what is the reward? What is the reward? It, I think a better way to say it is, what is the reward that you're looking for? What's the reward I'm, I'm looking for? Like, when I go pray, uh, I really would like it if Jesus, like, answered every single prayer that I prayed, amen? Is anyone else or is that just me? Is that just, like, like when you pray... Come on, somebody! Man, mountains move. Man, when I when I pray, I want to be like the prophets in the Old Testament when they literally said something and happened, even if it was weird. Like they made fun of the prophet for being bald, and these kids were making fun of him, and he was like, "A bear's gonna come out and eat you." And a bear came out and ate them. My eleven-year-old son has, he still can't reconcile that scripture verse. Why would God do that? Because the man of God prayed. I don't know. There's just something I don't know. But what is the reward? that you're looking for, I believe is closely directed or tied into the motive of our heart. And I really think a better question to ask is, does Jesus really answer prayers today? Because what really is my reward? Like if I take it back to the relationship with my wife, what is my reward for being married to Pastor Lindsay? Is it so she does things for me? Is it so that I can have things done? And is this, Or is it just simply... Being her husband, is it simply just saying she's my wife? Out of everybody, she chose me. You know, like (laughs) I want to ask you today: Does Jesus really answer prayers today? Now, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven. He says, "Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for." This is Jesus. Keep asking, and you you will you will get it. Keep on seeking, and you're going to find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open. To you I've always loved the door reference because I always picture when I pray, I'm knocking on doors. Lord, is this one? Is it this one? Is this one? And and I have a different personality. I, I like I love faith. If I if you go to connect one day, you're gonna take a spiritual gifts test, and, and, and you're gonna see uh, from you know one to like 50. Top one for me is, is faith, and then it's pastor. I love faith, I'm a faith guy. Come on, somebody, I love faith, and so I just keep knocking, I'm going knock on every stinking door. Sometimes I knock on too many doors, I get confused. But it says, keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. The door will be open to you. Then it continues to say, so if sinful people know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And I love that. So, Lord, according to this Bible, according to your word, if, if I pray, if I ask, if I knock, if I keep seeking, you're going to answer it. But I've been doing this a long time. I gave the life, my life to Jesus in junior high. I grew up in church and, 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 and went to ministry and been preaching for 21 years. And, and I still ask myself that question today. Does Jesus answer prayers? And here is my 2023 uh, current answer, because I believe it's going to change again and again and again and again. But my 2023 answer to that is, I'm glad that Jesus answers prayers the way he needs them to be answered, not the way I want them to be answered. How many have different children, right? Like you have a maybe you have an 11-year-old or a five-year-old or you know, a son or a daughter. How many know that Kelly's like, yeah, she's like, you got like 75 now, and, and how many know you have to talk or approach every child differently? And I really wonder the way God answers our prayers is He does it in such a way to change our hearts first. I'm grateful that Jesus has answered every prayer that prayed. If God had answered every prayer that I prayed, I probably wouldn't have started a church in Las Vegas, Nevada. I probably wouldn't have started a church. I'd be like, Lord, Joel Osteen's getting tired. <laughs> I don't want to live in Texas. Some of you will get that later, That's fine. But if God answered all my prayers, I don't think I ever would have met Pastor Lindsay. If God answered all my prayers, I don't think I ever would have pastored in Las Vegas, Nevada. If God answered our prayers, our, our church never would have been an inside of Opportunity Village, which has been a tremendous blessing for the yeah. past six years yeah. at this church. That yeah. sometimes God goes, oh, I really want to answer that, but I got a better plan. And so what is the original context of Jesus' word when he says, ask you, you shall receive, seek you will find, knock at the door will be open to you. Here is my 2023 answer to does Jesus really answer prayer. Here is my general consensus is that it is more about trusting Jesus rather than expecting Jesus to answer our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a whole different mindset. Yes. When we say, Lord, I prayed this and you didn't do it, so deal's off. Done. Tired of it. Right. Instead, I'm walking in before the King of kings, the Lord of lords, yes. the one who created the heavens and the earth, and I say, Lord, he's, these are the desires of my heart. Yes. And I'm asking you for this. But more importantly, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm not expecting you, like, like, do this for me. But I'm saying, God, I trust you. So what is my true reward when I pray, when I spend time every single day, which is Jesus in my Bible, and a cup of coffee, because Hebrews. (laughs) I'm sticking to that. See, you like that pastor joke, though. That's good. But for me, the reward is a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm going to take it a step further, because this is how good our God is. My reward is a personal relationship with Jesus, and really it does come with benefits. So if you study out and Jesus says, man, you can have that reward, but when you go in private, I will give you another reward. As you begin to study that out, Jesus was actually referencing Matthew chapter 5. And here in Matthew chapter 5, this is the reward. When we go pray before the Father, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. This isn't a financial status. This is a spiritual status. I'm poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. They will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. They will inherit the entire earth. Favor and blessing. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what's right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is the reward of just spending time with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And friends, it really should be preaching to myself good enough. Lord, even if you don't heal me, even if you don't do this, even if you don't give us a building, if you don't, if, even if we're here today, I will still trust you. Yes. And I will still love you. Yes. And I will still praise you. Because this whole phrase, uh, this whole segment here in Matthew chapter 5 is called the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is translated as good or blessed. Friends, we cannot determine whether our life is good or blessed by the things we get or the things that happen to us. We have to determine if our life is good or blessed by who we're doing life with, by the status of our heart, by our relationship with Jesus. My public life is determined by my private life. And so Jesus is saying, when you get close to me, you will have a good and blessed life. We see this in David. David writes this. He said, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives my sins. This is it. This is it right here. He forgives my sins. He heals my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. And my youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, everybody. Come on, red team, right? Youth like eagles. And so I love this portion of a prayer. Well, I get before God, and I have a tendency to do this. I say, okay, Lord, I got, a, I got some really good ideas. And I have a prayer journal, and I'll begin to write this out. Lord, listen, in like six months, do this for the church. Lord, in like a month, do this for my family. Okay, Lord, oh Lord, I got some, I got some plans. I got some vision for my life. But Romans chapter 12 says, do not be Conform to the world. Do not be conformed to the world. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Sorry, I went New King James right there. I'll show it a little bit. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Prayer is essential. I believe it's essential by changing the way we think. And it says if we change the way we think, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. Which is? Good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Can I just challenge you? Let me say this next slide. We don't, we don't know God's plans for our lives. So why do we tell Him what to do? Right? Lord, I'm seeking Your plan. May it be. Hook me up, Lord. You know, like hook a brother up. My goodness. If I speak to the mountain. But in all this, I begin to realize that when I pray, you hear me out, I'm praying audacious prayers. I'm praying big prayers. And I believe faith comes by hearing. Faith without works is Dead. And so I'm going to pray those things, and I'm going to ask God for crazy things. I I, I, mean, I want to pump so much vision in this church that, that it has to be more about just for us. It has to be more about us just consuming but us contributing. How do I contribute? By prayer. I mean, by getting involved. But what if prayer really is more about Jesus speaking to us and changing us? Right. Right. That's what prayer is. I used to pray and fast to get things from God. Now I'm praying fast so God can get to me and purge me and change me. When I pray and fast, there's less temptations in my life. When I pray and fast, there's less depression in my life. When I pray and fast, I'm less discouraged. I'm more encouraged. Why? Because he changes me and he speaks to me. I really believe prayer is way more about hearing from Jesus rather than giving him directives. And so I wanted to prove this, right, because this is good. That's a good verse, like conform, transform, speaks to us for the plans I have for you, plans prosper you, give you hope of the future. He spoke that too, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah actually had a terrible life. But here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And I've always seen this, but I actually translated this wrong. And it says this, and the Holy Spirit, remember the comforter? Jesus said, I have to go away so the Holy Spirit can come here. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For an example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. How many in this room, you, you could raise your hand and go, I have no idea where to start. Yeah. And you go, hey, God, it's me. You know, like, what's up? But the Holy Spirit, he prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, I always thought groanings was like, was it a prayer language? Or was it like this weird, like, you're like in prayer, like, like that's a horror movie. That's terrifying. <laughs> Now, I have a prayer language, and and, and I I use it uh, quite often, but really groanings in the original translation means intercedes. So the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, and intercedes means the Holy Spirit approaches or appeals to someone for us for us. Hebrews chapter 8 says this, but now Jesus, our high priest, he's, given, he's been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. He is the one who mediates for us for a better covenant with God based on better promises. So when I come before Jesus, I'm saying, Lord, this is, my, this is the desires of my heart. This is where I'm hurting. This is where my pain is. This is, this is God, I give it all. I show my cards. I give him everything because he can see everything anyways. In my private time with the Lord. It's really awesome when our private time with Jesus leaks into our public time with Jesus, and people come over here in the size and they pray. And we pray for one another. Well, I want to ask this next question, then, because I really, wanted to, I really wanted to inspire you, and not just persuade you, but inspire every single person here today yeah. to go, man, I need to pray more. Yeah. My goodness. As I have writing this message, I was like, I was a single dad this week. I was like, Levi, I got to go pray. You know what I mean? Like, leave me alone. Go play for a night. I'm going to go pray. Because that's what God's word does. But here's what the next question is. You know, does Jesus answer prayers, things like that? But the next question really is, how do I pray? And this is, I'm going to go quick. So you version notes, this is going to be a great tool and resource for you today. We got a lot of scriptures, but I also have a, a time frame that I want to uh, commit to. But Jesus said, don't be like them. Right? Your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask. Before you ask. He knows exactly what you need. So pray then like this. This is one of the, man, Jesus, I just love, the Bible, is, 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 it'll give you a statement and then it'll tell you what to do. It says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, honor us as it is in heaven. Give us this day the food that we need and forgive us of our sins. We have forgiven those who sin against us. Do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil want. So what I want to do is Jesus said, pray then like this. Thy kingdom come. Come on, show my, my roots right now. Thy will be done. You know. But he says, pray then like this. Many times when I come before Jesus and I go, ah oh, man, I'm like, I pray for Grandma and grandpa and my wife, I pray for this and that. What do I pray for? And I go, you know what, I'm going to pray the Lord's prayer. And so this is Jesus' prayer model that he's given us. He says when he said, you are my, on earth as it is in heaven, right? Our father who's in heaven, it's a reminder that he loves me. It's a reminder. Next thing he does is adoration. Man, it is a reminder that He is your heavenly father, nothing like your earthly father, and I love my earthly dad, but he's, my heavenly Father is incredible, and He loves me, and He wants to give me good things. But also, He is holy, and then I go through the names of God sometimes, and I trust and say, "God, You're a priority in my life. You come first in my life." So there's trust. There's asking, daily needs and requests. Jesus said, "Go ahead and ask Him. Yeah. Ask Him. Ask Him." Ask them, uh, forgiveness, God, I forgive, forgive me of my sins, I forgive them, and I forgive this person. Some of us, can we can probably stay here for a good 10 minutes, right? Good 30 minutes, you know, wow. All right, temptation, I pray against it. I know temptation is not sin, but temptation could lead me to sin, so uh, temptation happens to everyone, but God, I pray for protection against this. I pray for protection against the evil one. The devil is a roaring lion seeking to devour, seeking to kill, steal, and destroy from my life. So this is a great model to pray in Matthew. It's just to go through what Jesus said. But I think the second one I really wanted to address today, because I don't want to just give you a model and you walk away and you go through that model and it becomes more rigid than a relationship. But here's the next thing I think will really free somebody up. And this is like, I I have like some PTSD as a pastor. Is how long do I pray? Yeah. Forever. No, I'm just kidding. All day, you know. I once heard a pastor, he, he, uh, he said, I, I need to go to bed earlier because tomorrow is a harder day. And since it's a harder day, I need to wake up even earlier so I can pray a little longer. Yeah. And I was like, you just sleep in, you know what I mean? Like, but I love that mindset. It's a great mindset. That is not someone who is legalistic. That has, that's someone who has relationships he says, how long do I pray? Matthew chapter 20, 26, the night before Jesus was be, to be betrayed by Judas, before he goes to the cross to be crucified, he returned to the disciples in the garden of Gethsemane. he's praying. He goes to his disciples and he found them asleep. Come on, so that's like a good worship night right there, huh? I'm just going to lay down, you know, <laughs> fall asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Just one hour. I think a lot of us, we take this and go, I'm going to pray for an hour. Because Jesus said so. One hour. One hour a day. I'm going to pray one hour a day. Raise your hand if you're going to pray. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Because some of us are like, oh, my gosh. Well, I believe it's not going to be. When it becomes, you know, religious to relationship, when it becomes something that you have to do, man. Have you ever prayed so much? You're like, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. And then you look at your watch. you're like, it's been like two hours. Then you look at your watch, 20 minutes, oh, gosh. That's something that's an obligation. But the more it becomes a relationship. Sometimes it can be longer than an hour. Yeah. Or sometimes your 10 minutes can be more fruitful than an hour. Yes. Because Jesus said, can you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray. So you're not given to the temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The spirit is willing, but our body is weak. That's why when we get into prayer, God strengthened our spirit. That's why we fast, where our body knows our spirit is the one in charge. Then he says, so then he went away a third time, saying these things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of, singers, of sinners. Here's what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to address us today, because I don't want you walking out of here today going, okay, it's got to be an hour. I mean, that'd be great. Okay, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be two hours or, 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 or ten minutes. or I don't want you walking out of here today with some sort of time frame. Right. Maybe the Holy Spirit will tell you, listen to the Holy Spirit, a lot smarter than I am. But I believe with all my heart, it's the length of time isn't the goal. It's about the timing. Yes. It's about the timing. So true. It's about the timing. Jesus is about to go and be betrayed and be hung on a cross for our sins, to pay the price for us. It's about timing. I want to ask this today. If you've known your immediate death was coming, you know you're going to have nails in your hands and feet whipped, beaten, bruised. I want to ask you today, what is your first response? And friends, I'm trying to make a prayer. Right now, lately, it's been worship, which is not wrong. But in my worship, I pray but in Philippians, and I love what Paul kind of ties it in. He said, don't worry about, ev- don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We can have revival right here, right? Yeah. Don't, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Before I give you the essentials prayer challenge today, I want to challenge you with this statement. Don't blank, instead pray. Don't worry, instead pray. Don't be afraid, instead Pray. Don't make things happen. Instead, pray. Yeah. Then make things happen. Uh, don't and I gotta man, don't self-medicate. Instead, pray. Don't escape. Instead, pray. Instead, pray. And I want you to spend some time in this, maybe later today, maybe in your quiet time. And maybe when you sit down and you go, okay, I'm going to pray. Pastor Jeremy told me to pray. Prayer is essential. I just want you to maybe write down this statement and say, Holy Spirit, what am I turning to first? What's been my first response? Don't blank. Don't blank. Instead, pray. But for the other people in this room, I'll give you the essential prayer challenge. Because some people in this room, they're like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. You know, I got you. Here's a prayer challenge. Find a, find a private space. Make it your space. My space is private, but it's still in the, like I can see Pastor Lindsay. I'm in my recliner. I have my Bible. But we, we do it together. We enjoy it. But find a private place. Commit to the same time daily. Every single morning I get up. It's commitments. It's something I do every single day. It becomes a habit. You follow Jesus' prayer model. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Pray that. I encourage you, journal your prayers. People have told me they started journaling their prayers, and as they look back in their journal, instead of saying God never answers prayer, they look back and go, Look at all the prayers God has been answering. Because we forget. We forget. But really, this is my heart for you today. We fall in love with Jesus. We fall in love with Jesus. You know, I remember when, well, 16 years ago, Lindsay and I, we met, and I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I believe this is my wife. I prayed about it for eight months. Not eight days, not eight hours. That's for somebody right there in this room. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. But for eight months, I prayed about it. Then we started dating. And we actually kind of did it privately because we're both pastors. And so as we were dating, totally appropriate, all that. As we were dating, man, I want to tell her everything. I want to tell her about my day. Man, we had cell phones back then and I had the sweet uh, Motorola razor I'm talking about. And, and used to, I used to be in my apartment. She'd be at her house. and I used to you know, be on the phone with her and be like, no, you hang up. Tell me what I'm talking about. Like you run out of stuff to say. You went through everything. Family history, what you like, food, like everything. You talk about everything. And at the end, you have nothing to talk about. You're still like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. What is that? It's just a relationship. It's just a relationship. And maybe we say, I don't have time. Guess what? I made time because I wanted to invest in my relationship. It wasn't my career before Lindsay I mean, it wasn't you know, all these things I need to do. It was, I want to make time for my wife. Notice I said wife. Dating, engagement, totally different, but wife. I said, I want to have a relationship. It is my prayer that we have the same but better relationship with Jesus. Pray without ceasing, it says. There's intercessory prayer. There's, there's so much that we can really talk about today. But here's what I want to do. I want you to just ask you, will you just stand your feet real quick, and I'm going to pray for you today. But then I'm going to ask you to do something maybe a little challenging for some people in this room. And I don't personally like it when uh, someone's like, you know, maybe you at a, uh, you all sit around at the table. And I get this because I'm a pastor, even with my family. We'll sit around the dinner table, and then we'll have food, and then we're like, all right, let's pray. And what I like to do now, because I know they're going to pick on the pastor is I just close my eyes. So no one looks at me. So I'm not the one praying. Like, you pray, sucker, you know, like. How have you been in a small group, right? And then someone looks at you and goes, You pray. You're like, ah, ah, thank you for this food. You know, like, we're not eating. Yeah. You just don't know what to pray. But before we pray together as a church, would you just do me a favor? Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes? And and anytime we talk about prayer and a relationship with Jesus, you know, I approached Lindsay and I said, man, will you go out with me? I want you in my life. Jesus approached us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know him intimately and deeply as your personal lord and savior and if that's you today you're saying pastor i want to repent of my sins and make him lord of my life you know what that means it means you're saved you're going to heaven those are great things that's an awesome reward that's a heavenly reward but what's even greater so you're opening your heart to have a relationship with him not just some guy in the sky who's out to get you but a loving father who wants to speak to you and lead you and guide you. He wants to speak the mysteries of heaven to you, to you. And let you today, just raise a hand. I won't embarrass you. Would you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to renew my relationship with Jesus today. Just put a hand up. Yes, anyone else? One. Anyone else? Two. Anyone else? Come on. Three. Anyone else? I'm proud of you. Three. Four. Any over there. Anyone else? That's all I'm going to do. We're going to pray together. That's awesome. Five over there. Thank you. Thank you. So let's pray a prayer. And then I'm going to ask us to do one more thing. Dear Jesus, I want everyone in this, within the sound of my voice, to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way you know how, I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.